December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. That's pretty cool. Um, looking back, seeing all the images and what all went down on that day, uh, pretty crazy stuff. Now, that recording does make me wish that we still talked like that. Yeah, well, the Ohio State football play-by-play guy still does. He still does <laughs> sound like that. But, no, I am with you. It would be cool. I believe <laughs> that this year will be fantastic for Oklahoma in the transfer portal. Man, I wonder what Jimbo Fisher would have said if he was in FDR shoes those days. <laughs> well, I'll tell gonna, you right now. We're gonna, hey, i tell you right now. Hey, we're going to outspend the Japanese. We're going to get them. We're going to get them out there on the West Coast. We're going to spend more. All right. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, um, that's wild. Beginning to um, – Beginning to be somewhat a lost era where oh, yeah. the people that were there and experienced it, um, a lot fewer people around to tell the story. Like, they have they have the reunion out there every year, right? And, gosh, it's um, – I, I think it was last year we talked about how few guys that make it out there um, every year now are – my guess is it's even fewer now. So, yeah, and then a crazy. few years later, um, D Day happens, and D Day is kind of still today the shining example of what bravery looks like. No doubt. Just, you know, running out of, oh man, I, I can't even imagine. But that really, I, w- when people point to bravery and exactly what it looks like, they still point back to June 6, 1944, what happened on D Day in Normandy. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Great generation, um, man. Went through a lot. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, amazing stuff. Yeah, the to, to go kind of down the rabbit hole of the, the history of, of the Pearl Harbor stuff is is fascinating. And, and to, to hear those firsthand accounts, I mean, it literally is, it's like it's a movie script, man. It's crazy. Yeah. So. Um, Oklahoma State has a couple more players that have hopped into the transfer portal. True freshman running back C.J. Brown and O-lineman Tyrone Weber. Both were former four-star prospects from the 2022 class. They are no longer with the football program, sources confirmed on Wednesday. So, wait, I don't know if they've hopped into the portal or they're kicked off the team. Uh, That's interesting. I'll I'll read more into that situation. But I'll I'll revisit something that we've talked about the past couple days, kind of let you get your, uh, your chance at it. I'm not going to go as far to say as what's happened in the portal is the demise of Oklahoma State football and the Mike Gundy era at OSU. But I do think that you have to recognize it as a very interesting situation. OU, I still think, has had more guys enter into the portal. But when you look at the guys that have entered the portal from OU, I, I mean, they, those are very replaceable guys and guys that really didn't have much of a future with this program. That's not the case for OSU, man. 
seemingly every guy they've had that's entered into the portal has been a contributor and was expected to be a contributor moving on. I just, I don't know, I'm wondering what happens here with Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State after the mass exodus they've had so far via the portal. I don't know. It's not Um, nothing. I'd say that. It's not nothing. They, to some degree, have. Now, last year was not the case. I guess it. I guess it's more of, of this year. Like that record this year for them would have been a lot different had they not had Spencer Sanders at quarterback. Um, you know. You're Although saying if he, he does was, have, or what do you say? If he was healthy the whole time, or if they didn't have him at quarterback entirely? I'm just saying if they didn't have him at quarterback entirely, no, they, they, they don't make um, a bowl game if he's not the quarterback. Right? Year. Yeah, it, it, I think that even though the season ended poorly, having him at quarterback made it end up being better than it was and somewhat respectable. It, you know, for all his faults, he and he does have many. He turned into a really solid quarterback, dual threat, uh, experienced. You know, did some really good things for them, and um, it's interesting that he's jumping in the portal. I, I I think that he can he can make a lot of teams out there better. Um, you know, especially depending on what he's surrounded with. You know, here's the 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 fact is simple. The offensive line at, at Oklahoma State's been pretty poor recently, oh, and yeah. he's had to run for his life. So, um, I think he'll end I, up at a at a higher profile program than Oklahoma State as a starting quarterback. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Oklahoma State. I feel like Mike Gundy will, despite how how tough it looks right now, the future. I, I feel like he'll somehow pull it together and, and put out another solid team. It just it feels like that's what he always does. Now, will he put out a solid team next year? Maybe not, but I think Oklahoma State is going to do kind of what, what the formula has been recently is, you know, there's there's going to be a, a couple of rebuilding years, then a ramp-up year, and then a really, really good year. Yeah, well... He, I mean, that's kind of the cycle at Oklahoma State. He needs a really special player at quarterback to do that, and unless Garrett Rangel is that guy who played this year as a true freshman, I, I don't know if that he is that guy. They may have to go via the portal this offseason to get their starter next year. So yeah, I'm like, they may do that. I'm not going to call this the demise of Oklahoma State football, but... I would say, like, remember remember this moment if they don't have a good team next year and if they're not good again the year after that. Because I don't think that Spencer Sanders is the only guy at Oklahoma State that's going to enter into the portal and they're going to exit the portal at a higher-profile program than the place that they came. I think that could be the yeah. case for Trace Ford, for Braylon Presley, uh, for a handful of guys that have entered in the portal there. And it's just not the best look when you've had several players enter in the portal and end up at pretty good destinations as key contributors. Yeah. Now, am I crazy, or did I hear you say earlier that some guys weren't happy with Mike Gundy's comments? Well, that's what Braylon Presley told Travis over the phone this week. What does that mean? Well, so, for instance, the Monday after Bedlam, 
And Mike Gundy, you'll remember, was being criticized for the way that he called that game. Punts on fourth and two, all that. The normal Mike Gundy stuff after Bedlam. Yeah. He talked about um, dipping pretzels in yogurt. And there was just this feel and just this, just like, I don't know, man. You wouldn't have thought he just lost to his biggest rival and that he was right. a big reason to blame for it. Yeah. Well, part of do, that. Do you, do you see what I'm getting at there? It was yeah. just more of yeah. like the attitude and how he approached it the Monday after and even right after the Bedlam game, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, including OSU fans. Yeah. Well, some of that press conference is Gundy's fault. We talked about this. Some of it's the media's fault. I, I totally they wouldn't agree let with that. anyone else get away with that. I, any coach in the country would love to get up there in a press conference and get asked, like, what's your favorite, you know, Halloween candy? And what's the best Christmas present you ever got? And what do you like for Thanksgiving? And that's what every coach wants to hear. And whenever you get asked those questions, you spend an, as much time as you can on it, especially if you're coming off of a big loss, uh, trying to run the clock out. You go into four-minute offense. And, you know, that's what that's what the media has allowed to happen with him, just to try and get more interested in trying to get the funny quote than really dig in to see what went wrong, what, went wrong, like what they need to do better, like what, are, what are they saying as a staff about what just happened. So, like, I don't necessarily blame Mike Gundy for that. And no, maybe I'm letting him off the no, hook. No, I think but. the media needs to be held accountable for that as well. I mean, I, there were some tough questions after the Bedlam game, but he wasn't yeah. pushed all that hard. Sure, he, he yes, I, 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 I'm good with that. Pokes just seem to be imploding right now, says the text line. Um, Peyton says pancakes or waffles. That's an inside joke <laughs> on this show. Basically, that's what the press conference is. I don't think putting his hands on a coach on national television – did Spencer any favors? Did he do that, Spencer Sanders? I remember he yelled at a coach for uh, punting it on the fourth down. Did he put his hands on anybody this year? Am I forgetting something? What are you talking about? In Bedlam, he yelled at a coach for punting it on fourth down. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't Gundy; it was someone else. But he did. I, I don't remember him putting his hands on someone though. I may have missed huh. something. Well. I don't know. Hey, I I can't give much insight into the locker room at Oklahoma State. I have no idea, but um, they're losing they're they're losing a bunch of players to the portal. Now, sometimes that's always not not a bad thing, but in this case, it it doesn't feel like it's a house cleaning, so to <laughs> <Yeah>. speak, of <laughs> of like bad attitude guys. It feels more like. You're losing one of your, uh, your most successful your, quarterbacks yeah. in program history to someone else. That's never a, a good thing. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But I would say that we've called, and I'm not saying like we as in you and I, I'm saying everyone other than Mike Gundy have called time of death on Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State a bunch of times in the past. I will not make the mistake again. Uh, the dude can coach. He understands that program. He knows what works in that program and what works in this conference. He is as good as maybe anyone that I've seen at 
adapting his program to what works. You know, they've been they've been a defensive led football team. They've been a hurry up offense team. They've been a running football team. They've been an air it out football team. You know, they they've done all kinds of different things there in order to have success. Like, and that's part of being a, a great leader is you have to be open to change and and willing to try things a different way to have success. And I think that's one of of Mike Gundy's uh, you know biggest biggest assets that he's got as a head coach. 918, why would Mike Gundy care? He's got it made. Dude is making millions, hunts rattlers, and has pet turkeys, LOL. Good point. Uh, Gundy was shell-shocked after Bedlam, just got his head kicked in by Big Brother, this go-around. I don't think he was very shell-shocked. <laughs> At least he didn't sound that way. Seemed yeah. like he was in his natural habitat there. Uh, Camo Sooner, yeah, the media lets Gundy off the hook a lot, but he is the one who is in control of the press conferences, Okay. Uh, let me read a few more here. Jimbo Fisher, the grandpa slash uncle, to talk about his days in Nam. Yeah, that'd be interesting. How does yeah. how does Teddy feel about Case and Kalmus committing to Oklahoma? I like it. Think it's good. Did you see his edit that he put out? His uh, commit edit. I think I did, but I don't remember so anything. It, he's wearing an OU uniform, obviously, and he's got the visor on his helmet. And this is the part that you might remember if you saw it. In the visor, it's a reflection of Rocky, uh, like back in his really? OU. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I need to look that up. I did not. I don't think I saw that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, saw Rocky out there at the at Roy's deal. That was really cool. I think that's great. He's a he's a good, tough football player, and you know if he's anything like his dad. Which I'm sure he is. He's going to be the exact type of guy that you want in the locker room. So I, yeah. that's what I think is the biggest deal: is getting more guys like that in the locker room. That it 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 means something deeply um, to be there, to be a part of it, and to be remembered well. So we talked about the walk-on program, how, and we've already seen it this year. You know, how yeah. they're trying to get that going. Um, Landon Sides, is, who is um, a wide receiver with Jackson Arnold down there at Denton Geyer. A smaller, shiftier type of guy, but he's, you know, he's a really good high school player when you watch him. I guess they're probably they're, or possibly trying to get him in on a preferred walk-on offer. He's currently committed to Incarnate Word. They're going to bring in some um, some walk-ons that can really play. You can you can go ahead and bet on that. and. We'll see yep. if Casey Kalmus is uh, is one of those kids, but no, man, that was uh, that was really really cool to see when when he uh, when he committed earlier this week. Oh yeah, I do see it. It's you're right. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? That is very cool. Really nicely done. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, other news, by the way, uh, Rashad Samples. While you were out, he accepted the wide receivers job at Arizona State. So really? it's like, oh, okay. Uh, all right, and I guess the, the latest scuttlebutt is that LD Washington going to be your uh, wide receivers coach next year. I don't mind it at all. How do you feel about it? Uh, I feel, I mean, I feel fine about it. I know what the reaction is going to be from some of the fan base, um, and I get it. Like after a six and six season, they are going to want some people. Um, 
they're going to want some people let go. But if you're one of those individuals, I just don't sit here and think that there's going to be a mass exodus from the staff this offseason. I think that you could be looking at maybe like one guy at this point, if that. Who's the one guy? If it's – and this is the if, it's, it's, it's Roof would be the one guy. Hmm. Yeah. I, I guess. Is that a rumor or is that a, that, is that a fan it's, thing? It's definitely a – well, it's both. It's both of those. A rumor and a fan thing, whatever a fan thing is. Well, like a fan thing meaning that's that's been an easy target throughout the year. Oh, it's definitely been that, We but we knew that a year ago when he got hired. Right. It's but is there anything to it or is it just people spitballing and thinking and, and perhaps There's, hoping something happens I, there? I uh what I brought up a name to you I think last week that was that was being rumored, Zach Arnett from Mississippi State. So no, yeah. there's there's rumors out there. But okay. again, like if 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 it's anyone is it would be just him, I I I think at this point. Yeah. Like we had someone today text in and say, All right, so what's the deal? Is Levy just getting fired after the bowl game? It's like I hate. I mean, hate to tell you, like Levy ain't going anywhere. He's your OC no. next season. Yeah. Well, so wh- where does that come from? That's just another. That's just more like fans that have some type of right. wishful thinking. Right? I haven't. That's like, not- there, there are no like you. You ask fan thing or rumors. Well, there's at least some rumors on roof. There ain't no rumors on Jeff Levy, or at least the yeah. ones that I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I. The. The Levy thing, here's the deal. I understand to a certain degree like how, how frustrated people are with the record from this year. But you don't have to, you don't have to dig very far to, to figure out why things unfolded the way that they did and, 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 and see that we are we are down tremendously talent wise in some spots and we've flat out have to get better there and i think we will i think we're addressing some of those needs i i think the biggest one right away is backup quarterback to get the full use of the offense you have to be able to run the quarterback a little bit we were super effective whenever we did but we couldn't do it very often because they were deathly afraid of Dylan Gabriel going down because we got a glimpse of of what it looks like whenever he's not out there. I mean, it, if you are – if you're limited and you've got a governor on your offense the entire year, there's, there's going to be some problems out there. Now, that doesn't explain everything, obviously. There's definitely things that we've got to get better at, and I think we will um, – but like all things considered, you know USC is, is a team that you know, they got a quarterback that's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy. Well, There's a probably about it, and uh, yards per game. It's not like they were all that much better than what Oklahoma was, right? They were what they were number five in the country, and we're probably like number. I don't know, 18, just as I look at it and ballpark it. And, like, you're talking about 15 yards a game or something like that, more of offense that USC generated than we did. Now, we didn't finish in the red zone good enough, and 
we left plenty out there, but I, all things considered, the fact that anyone feels like Jeff Levy should be fired, I think, is re- beyond ridiculous. Well, it's out there. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on here from Newcastle Casino next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Uh, good text here on the text line. You you mentioned the uh, the slight difference between OU and USC's offense this year, numbers-wise. Yeah. Important to also realize SC was putting those numbers up in a mid-major conference. Oklahoma didn't have <laughs> that luxury. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is a... An injury at quarterback, too, would be a... Uh, you know, well, that's that, that's was the that was the biggest detriment to our our offensive statistics that you could ever imagine. Basically, well, not basically. Well, I think we scored on the first drive that Dylan Gabriel came out. We completed the rest of that drive, scored a touchdown, and I don't think did we score again um, until he came back. I I tried to block that one out of my memory what happened after, i think OU scored a touchdown run that drive that you're talking about i don't yeah. know what they did after that i've tried to yeah. move past that understandably so yeah. i know they didn't the next week i can confirm that uh did not the next week for sure uh can in fact confirm that yes Anything else on the text line yeah a ton um i at least wanted to bring up that hey we were right on friday OU Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl. That's exactly what happened. And there was a big gasp on Monday when we talked yeah. about the uh, Cheez-It Bowl and the matchup here because as, as a story in the Tulsa World pointed out earlier this week, uh, Florida State is kind of good at everything that OU struggled with this year. They got a really good dual-threat quarterback in Jordan Travis, yeah. strong run game, really good defensive line. They've mm-hmm. won all, a lot of close games this year. It's um, it's a tough matchup, real tough matchup. Yeah, they are probably. Which, by the way, just a quick um, uh, comment here on how stupid ESPN is. So, whenever you look up the collegiate stats here, and like you want to look at, like right now I'm looking at scoring defense. They have all 130 schools listed, but they don't put the number next to them. So you just have to guess at like oh, wow. kind of where they huh. fall. Worldwide it's so leader, stupid. The worldwide leader is uh, right. Nice. Um, so I'm I'm guesstimating Florida State probably. I'll tell you this: late they're, teens. They're, they're in number, scoring D. They're number two, and uh, they're number two in both total offense and total defense in the ACC. I did look yeah. that up earlier this week. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, 475 yards a game offensively, which is. Just right there with us, three yards better than us, and um, what thirty-six points a game, which is three three and a half points better than us a game. But you know, one of the things is it looks like most of their main contributors are going to stay and play in the bowl game. Yep. Yeah, their give-a-rip meter is pretty high for this game, and that's not surprising. Yeah. They have a chance to get to ten wins for the first time since what, like twenty sixteen, when Dalvin Cook was playing there. Yep. This um. You know, normally you catch teams that are in the top 15 like Florida State in a bowl game like the Cheez-It Bowl. Their give-a-rip meter is really down, and they have a lot of guys opting out. No, they've been down for so long, this game means a lot to them. Yep, it does. 
and they just got news. What was it over the weekend that Jordan Travis is going to stay and yep and play and yeah, he's coming back yeah. next year. Actually, that's right, coming back next year, which gives them a bunch of uh, confidence rolling in and momentum in the program. We talked about Johnny Wilson, six foot seven, two hundred thirty-five pound wide receiver that they've got uh, amongst other other weapons and a really athletic, physical defense that can uh that can really get to the quarterback so it would be our... uh it would be your best win as a program in a while it'd be your oh, highest close it would be your highest ranked win since you beat florida in the cotton bowl but go ahead and put me down as someone who thinks this florida state team would be would beat that florida team OU saw in the cotton bowl so it'd be your best win in uh, at least a couple of years if you yeah. beat these guys yep i agree and um you can't have a good opportunity unless you're you're playing a really good team, right? Um, you know, sometimes just the the number in the W column is more important than who you play, and this may happen to be one of those years. But I still like the challenge, and I think everyone realizes like this isn't a team where like an Iowa State or um, maybe even a Baylor, whoever. Like, you don't have to convince everyone that this is a really good football team. You well, know? I mean, this isn't even a North Carolina. Like, yeah, Florida State, they've been are, – yeah. are, you're talking about from OU side, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Florida State, even though they've been you know, pretty bad recently, they still have name brand recognition. Everyone knows what that means. Yeah. No, you're right about that. Oh, they got the name brand, and people have recognized that they've turned it around and they've got a really good thing going right now. You know, I feel like all the time – and a lot of it is this conference that we're trying, constantly trying to convince people that this team that we're about to play is actually really good, despite what you may think of them. Yeah, you're not going to be having to convince anyone of, of this one. From the 405, all. what would you consider Florida State's weaknesses? Um, can I get back to you on that? Nothing immediately comes to mind on what that um, is. I think, let's see, what would I consider their weakness to be? Um, well, we talked about their dual threat quarterback and he is he's a dangerous player but i would say like often with a dangerous player dual threat guy now he didn't throw a bunch of interceptions he was actually really good with the football but he took a fairly high number of sacks and you know you you take like um you know whenever you have a risk taker at quarterback that can be used against you um so I would say that's not a great one necessarily, that their biggest strength could possibly be um, their biggest weakness, and that's that's probably a stretch, but that's just off the top of my head, having not looked at them much uh, up to this point as far as like real X's and O's stuff. I'm going to guess they have the home crowd in, or- in uh, Orlando as well. That'll, that'll probably happen. Yeah. yeah. All, all, I would say 3,500 of the 5,000 people that are going to be there will be <laughs> Florida State fans. Uh, Texas Tech fans are big mad that OU got that bowl bid, by the way. Oh, how could a how could a sick we beat them? We had we had a one more win than they did. How is that possible? Well, Tech name brand. That's that's how it's possible. The yeah, Cheez It Bowl is a little sorry. bit more attracted to a program like OU than Texas Tech. Sorry. Yeah. It's the unfortunate world we live in. Um, like, you want the money, you want the benefits of 
of a lot of people watching college football, well, those teams get put in the slots and the bowls that are going to get some eyeballs. I mean, it's it's two-sided coin, unfortunately. Tech fans, you should have had Joey McGuire uh, do what Mike Gundy did last year for the Fiesta Bowl. Well, we got a logo, too. We got a logo. <laughs> we got a logo, too. Maybe yeah. Joey McGuire should have tried that because I don't really know if you have a logo there, Tech. Or he should have actually done what he said he was going to do and taken a wrecking ball to the south end zone <laughs> whenever the game was over. Might as well. That would have drawn uh, a lot of attention. Uh, FSU's weakness is they're in Florida. I, I don't know. That's probably their only strength. If Florida State's not in Florida, they're Louisville. Um, yeah, accurate. So yeah, they're that, yeah, that's great. Florida State is only Florida State because they're in Florida. If not, they're Louisville. Put that on but, a T-shirt. You know, use that right, as your trash talk, fans that are going. And, and I'll just go back to the quarterback. Uh, that's their best strength, maybe their best weakness, or the biggest weakness is the same thing. Like being in Florida is their biggest strength, and you could make the argument that that's also their biggest weakness. So there you go. All right, we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. You're simply the best. Riverwind is your place to play this holiday season. With all of your favorite games, the best service. And so many ways to win. It's no wonder that Riverwind is OKC's number one casino. So if you want to have the best time, you won't find better than number one. You're simply the best. Sooner Nation, come join us for $2 Tuesdays at the Lloyd Noble Center this basketball season. Tuesday game specials include $2 draft beers, $2 fountain sodas. Extra year of eligibility for any of the players on Virginia's roster that were that had expiring eligibility. So if you were a senior and you'd already used your COVID year and redshirt year and all of that stuff, well then the NCAA has granted another year of eligibility for those Virginia players, and it only affects a handful of guys. Um, some of them like Billy Kemp the fourth, he's already declared for the draft. Anthony Johnson was a first-team All-CC, All-ACC cornerback. Um, he's going to the Senior Bowl, so it's only a handful of guys. But um, I thought that that was really interesting. Um, yeah, it, it would be a lot tougher sell if it was everybody on Virginia's roster. But it's um, right. You know, there, there's some like you said, only affects a handful of guys. Yeah, I, I think that that's cool. They, they didn't get to play that. Rivalry game against Vatek, which I know means a lot out there. So, no, I'm for that. I think that's cool. Um, I saw this. Alabama's athletic director was asked about the SEC expanding in the short term. Um, he says that he doesn't see it happening quickly. And, you know, everyone continues to say with Oklahoma and Texas, it's you know the twenty after the twenty twenty five season. So, um, if you were if you were hoping for something quicker than that, 
I, don't, I can't say it's not going to happen, but everyone is still saying the same thing they've said the entire time, that Oklahoma's going to stay for the duration of their their contract with the Big 12. Well, can they hurry so, up and release the Big 12 schedule for next year? What are they waiting on? What's going on know. here? Let's go, guys. Come on. Let's get a move on. Uh, Greg Sankey, I don't know if he ever showed up and stopped by Roy Williams' uh, Hall of Fame uh, event there that Oklahoma was having, but there was a, a credential there for him to come in as if he had RSVP title. Well, what do you I, make of that? All SEC performer Roy, Roy Williams getting into the College Football Hall of Fame. You got to love it, right? I'm sure yeah. once SEC fans, if they haven't already watched the YouTube highlights of Roy Williams, he'll be claimed as one of their own. SEC yep. star. Yep. Um, not a big shock, but uh, Sonny Dykes has already. Um, got himself a big-time raise down there at TCU after his first year taking them to a college football playoff. Um, it's been extended through, what, 2028, and it's going to be – the numbers haven't been released, but they're saying near the top levels of the Big 12. Well, he won the Walter Camp National Coach of the Year. I think that was announced today. Maybe it was yesterday. And then Muleshoe Jr., his offensive coordinator, won the Broyles Award. Uh, award. So that staff's been cleaning up <laughs> so far uh, during bowl season with, with yeah. awards. Right. And, yeah. hey, uh, absolutely, especially with Sonny Dykes, National Coach of the Year, I think he absolutely deserves it. He, he was awesome this season. Totally agree. Uh, last thing I've got, Tyler, $360 million for Aaron Judge. What say you? That was, uh, of course, the Yankees weren't going to lose out to money with their own home run king. But during the show yesterday, there were these reports that Aaron Judge had decided to be a San Francisco Giant. Now, I don't yeah. know if those were leaked on purpose to say, hey, Yankees, we're serious. You, you better make us a ridiculous offer here. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, it was interesting that there were some Giants reports yesterday. But nope, today nine years, three hundred sixty million dollars. Good for him. He seems yep. like a he seems like a really good dude, Aaron Judge. He does, he does. Um, at least you know what what he lets out in public. He seems he seems fantastic. They offered him two hundred ten in the spring, and he said, "Nah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and play the year out." Smart by him. Now. In comparison, did you see what Cristiano Ronaldo's getting from Saudi yes. Arabia? <laughs> yes, it's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. In the neighborhood uh, of $300 million man. a year? It's just ridiculous. Woo. Wow. All right, I got a few here. Do you want to take a guess as to what the most watched college football game of the season was? By a wide margin, actually. 17.1 million. There's two. I have two guesses. Okay. Ohio State, Michigan, or Alabama, Tennessee? Well, those were one and three. Michigan, Ohio State is correct. 17.1 million. Number two was Tennessee, Georgia at 13.1 million. So you see the gap in between yeah. those two games. Bama, Tennessee was 11.6 million. SEC championship was four. Purdue, Michigan was five, the Big Ten championship game. So really? the, o the only Big 12 game or the only Big 12 team – well, no, only Big 12 game was Kansas State and TCU at eight. So championship weekend did some massive numbers, actually. Yeah. Which is pretty that, awesome. 
that Kansas State TCU game was incredible, which we didn't get to talk about that at all. Um, that was awesome. It's funny that all of the Heisman finalists, except for um, Stetson Bennett, are coming in off a loss. <laughs> right? Seriously, it's kind of rare. Yeah, no, it it, it is. Uh, it's actually really strange. Your boy Howard Stern's losing it a little bit. I don't know if you yeah. if you have any insight as to what's going on, but Kirstie Alley passed away earlier this week, and apparently Howard Stern thinks um, her opposition to the vaccine mandates against COVID-19 caused her colon cancer death. So I don't really care what anyone's stance is on this deal. It's more about Howard Stern, like, really? That's the take that you're going to have a couple of days after someone passes away? Yeah, you know... For a long time, he was obviously shock jock, right? Say things to to get ratings and be outlandish. But the guy's got a neurosis, and I think and anyone that's listened to his show for an extended amount of time, you understand that. And a lot of highly successful people have have those those things, and they're able to channel it for success. But I. He first, he just came out of his apartment like a couple of weeks ago for the first time, Jeez. I believe, since since the lockdown and stuff went down in early 2020. So it stands to reason that the guy has a bit of cabin fever going on, I think. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Baker to the Rams, that was announced yesterday during the show, which is awesome. I'm happy for him. I'm rooting for him. But does anyone else think it looks weird that he's wearing number 17? I'm just not used huh. to that. I mean, yeah. when I think of forget just him wearing number six at OU and with the Browns and the Panthers, like number six is not a very, I don't know if it's it's just not a very famous sought number. After. Yeah, sought yeah. after number. So when I just see the number six in general, I, I think of Baker Mayfield. So seeing him not only not wearing number six but a double digit uh, on his, it, it just it just looks. I don't know. It just looks off. Yeah. No, it does. I will say that I think that is an awesome spot for him um, to get to learn from Sean McVay. Uh, he may play Thursday night, which is crazy. Um, so, you know, I, but uh, he may get thrown to the wolves here early. But being able to learn from Sean McVay, who, you know, I know he's young and a lot of people get enamored with that, but He's not young when it comes to coaching. The dude's been in the NFL coaching in some capacity since he was like 18 years old. Um, incredibly knowledgeable. And he has a West Coast offense background. And I think that's perfect for Baker Mayfield. Whenever you think about the guys that have been in those offenses, like a Joe Montana, a Steve Young, a, um, a Brett Favre, like some of those, what, like Jeff Garcia, the West Coast offense guys, it actually suits Baker Mayfield perfectly. It's the offense that he should be running in the league. So uh, it's good that he's going to learn from McVay. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. 
See your Oklahoma GMC dealers. Are you looking for the kind of OU apparel you can wear at work or dress-up events? I'm really surprised Davis Bevel is not in the transfer portal. Well, he's got a chance to – I mean, I wouldn't bet on it, but there's a – it's not crazy to think that he could play in the bowl game in some capacity. He's a, he's a hit away from that being the case, I think. Hey, you can't, you can't say that. Come on, man. Are you serious? Well – I guess you can say that, but he was over there warming up really quick once yeah. Gabriel took that hit in the first play of overtime in Lubbock. You're telling me that he could go out there and get a couple more reps at wide receiver when yeah. we run Wildcat? Like, okay, I are you surprised if he's not the, like the, this portal cycle goes on for a bit, and there's even another portal cycle after spring ball. So he'll have it if if the portal is what he wants to do, he'll have more than yeah. one opportunity to to do so. Yeah, am I surprised? I don't know. I mean, no, I'm not surprised. He currently is on scholarship at the University of Oklahoma. Um, for the moment, I think at least, he's the backup quarterback. You know, we're about to go into a bowl game. Like, what, what, what do you want him to do? Like, where do you think he's going to go? Like, we saw the numbers, what, 40%? So 60% of guys that go into the transfer portal never go anywhere else. I guess maybe, I don't know if those numbers count if you go down to like Division Two or 1AA or what. I don't know how that works, but, you know, the numbers aren't good for going into the transfer portal. So I, I, I'm not shocked, I guess. Yeah, because he wasn't going to lane at a better program than the one that he's at. So Right. Yeah, and it, like you said, he's a scholarship player here. Maybe he wants a free trip to Disney World coming up later this month. Hey-o. Maybe it's his lifelong dream. He's never yeah. been to Disney World before. This is his opportunity. Yeah. And, yeah, you, you hit the portal perhaps later, okay? After if, spring if, ball, potentially. Sure. Which, you know, he – He hit he the could, portal last time after spring ball, and he found a, he found yeah. a place, so, sure. Yeah, hit the, the late – the late portal's a, a good spot, you know, whenever teams are really desperate after spring ball. Uh, they had a chance to see that the recruiting class, oh the early arrivals God. aren't any good. We <laughs> suck at this position. We need somebody. Bevel, right. you're our guy. Yeah, yeah. And, hey, last year, you never know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you will play in the bowl game and ball out like you did last year at Pitt. In All the right? Peach Bowl, New Year's That's Six right. Bowl game. I don't know. I, out. Can this lower rung bowl game get his attention after playing in the Peach Bowl? Eh, maybe. Maybe it's below him. I don't know. All right, quick timeout. We got the final hour of the rush next. Stay tuned.